feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And there is more fallout tonight in the case of the New York City bodega worker, Jose Alba. And all the different politicians are chiming in on this case. And most of the ones who are speaking publicly are saying, gosh, you know, if you look at the videotape and it's something that everybody can see with their own two eyes, the videotape of the case of the New York City worker who was sent to Rikers charged with second-degree murder because of soft-on-crime D.A. Alvin Bragg. It's just shocking, first of all, again, that he was charged, period. But now we're hearing from a whole bunch of other individuals about the case. And so tonight I want to hear your thoughts about where you think this is headed. Do you think that these charges will stick? Is there anybody out there who thinks that he should be charged with second-degree murder? If you look at the videotape, it's pretty clear that this guy, who was an ex-con, comes into the store. Of course, we know that earlier his girlfriend wasn't able to pay for something, and her daughter was trying to get the chips, apparently, and Alba wasn't happy that somebody was trying to get away without paying. Um, and then the boyfriend comes back, a guy, a parolee, who's out on parole for assaulting an officer. And if you look at the videotape, you clearly see the ex-con pushing Jose Alba down and forces him and blocks him in. And tonight, everybody who's seen the videotape pretty much, except for a few of you who've called into the show, But most of you have said, yeah, it's pretty clear the guy was acting in self-defense when he ended up stabbing the ex-con five times. And then, of course, as we know, he gets thrown into Rikers. Thank goodness the guy got out. Thank goodness they dropped the bail to a much lower amount. But tonight we've been hearing from a number of politicos and a number of others talking about it and saying, boy, there are so many layers to this case. And one of them of course, is Mayor Eric Adams. He was on with NBC News' Lester Holt. And this is what he basically blamed for what's going on in New York. And it's an issue that's happening across the country. Because in New York City, overall crime is up 37% year to year. Violent crime is up tremendously year to year. And yet... Listen to how Mayor Eric Adams describes the crime situation in New York and who he blames it on. There's two battles that are happening in our country and our city right now. You have the far right that states give everyone a gun no matter what. You have the far left that states everyone that uses a gun should not be held accountable. These two groups are not the majority of Americans. And they have actually held our country and our city hostage. These two groups don't realize they're co-conspirators to the public safety crises that we're facing in our city and country. So is the reason that crime is high in a city like New York because the two sides are just so, quote, extreme that the politics of it? Or is it because 
you're not coming down and going after the DAs and the others who are allowing people to continuously walk the street. I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to who you blame. Do you think it is these two polarizing sides? Uh, those who are, you know, for Second Amendment rights, as he describes it, to an extreme, as Mayor Adams says? Or do you blame New Yorkers right now? My goodness, because, you know, is this the time where you're going to take away people's right to self-protection at a time where crime is skyrocketing in major cities across the country? Well, listen, here's a little bit more of Mayor Eric Adams. And this is when he was on Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis and how he described the impact and what he saw of the bodega worker case. Hardworking New Yorkers and Americans, to be honest with you, uh, should not be attacked in their place of work. Uh, There is a line that must be drawn when you are a primary aggressor. And that is what I saw on the video. And it's not to say the taking of a life is should not be taken seriously. And one should not interpret that. Of a taking of a life or threatening a life are serious actions. And responding to those jobs over and over again as a police officer, I know how serious that is. But I also know far too many people are becoming victims of criminal actions of those who are repeated violators of the law, and a hardworking um, person like that bodega employee was being attacked. And we need to factor that in when we make these decisions. And listen, I'm happy to hear him say that. If you look at the video, it's pretty clear that Jose Alba was defending himself. But what is Mayor Eric Adams and what are other mayors in many liberal-run cities across America doing about these soft-on-crime DAs? It's fine to sit there and to criticize and say, yeah, look, it would be good if indeed, um, you know, there was, you know, uh, there was this nonstop repeat offender, this constant circle, this constant wheel where people were coming in and out of the system. It would be great if that was not happening. So why isn't he going after that? Why isn't he going after the DA? Why isn't he going after Alvin Bragg? Why isn't he saying, Governor, you need to do more about bail reform? I mean, what is going on here? It's great to say, yeah, listen, this is a law-abiding citizen. He shouldn't have to worry about that. He should be able to protect himself. Uh, This shouldn't happen in New York. I think we all agree, and I'm happy to hear that Mayor Eric Adams is saying that. But what is he doing to actually change the cycle versus just sort of saying that and giving that answer? Is he actually reaching out to the DA in New York, Alvin Bragg, who decided to get this guy arrested and charge him and first put him on a half He had a million dollars bond. I mean, that's an outrageous bond. And he could potentially face now, they're saying, 25 years in prison if he is convicted. And we haven't heard anything from Alvin Bragg. We haven't heard anything from Governor Kathy Hochul. You know, what about using this as a moment as we all kind of look at it and go, oh, my gosh, it's right there in plain sight. We see it on the video. Why not use that as a moment to put pressure 
on the DA to put pressure on the governor to get some sort of reasonable issue in terms of bail. This sort of, you know, slap on the wrist and letting bad guys walk is not working. And then you go after a good guy who's defending his business. And Alvin Bragg, the DA, doesn't see it that way. So tonight, I want to hear your thoughts as to what needs to be done in New York and elsewhere. And listen, we're hearing some good words out of the mayor. But is he really doing anything? Is it all just words and yet no action? It's your city. You know how bad crime is in New York. You know how bad it's affecting tourism. So as opposed to pointing the finger, maybe there should be something constructive that can be done. And take a listen. Here is Katie Pavlich, who was on Fox today, and this is what she had to say about this. So for Mayor Adams to come out in support of this bodega uh, worker, good thing, but he has done nothing to offer any kind of deterrence to these criminals who aren't afraid of the system. They're not afraid of the cops. They're not afraid of the prosecutors, obviously, because they're running back through the system, as that police officer was saying. So the only thing they're going to be afraid of is self-defense. And the mayor of New York City is preventing people from being allowed to defend their own lives from people who walk in and know that there will be no consequences for them because the mayor and everybody else uh, are on the side, not of the bodega workers trying to make an honest living, but the criminals in the city who are running the show. And Judge Janine Pirro went much further. Take a listen to what she said. She actually blasted the mayor. I, I got to tell you, the more I hear this guy, Adams, the less I like the guy. Absolutely. Okay. What is this? Um, you know, we've got co-conspirators. If anybody's a co-conspirator, you are. The reason that the mayor is a co-conspirator here, he's blaming it on the left and he's blaming it on the right. It's your fault. It's your city. You're a cop. You knew when you ran, you promised that you were going to take care of gun crimes and murders. And you haven't done a damn thing. You won't go after Governor Hochul, who's running for office, and cash this bail, get her to repeat it, repeal it. You won't do it with uh, Heasty or with Andrea Stewart's cousins in Albany. You ought to go to every homicide in this city and say, hold a sign up and say, because of cash this bail, this murder happened. Can you imagine? That's actually an interesting idea that Judge Jeanine Pirro says is that the mayor should start literally calling out the DA, calling other legislators, those folks up in Albany who are passing this no-cash bail, and saying, you know what, this needs to change. But is he doing that, or is he just kind of going around saying what we all sort of see, and at a time also where they're trying to talk about cracking down on guns, too, as well? Is this really the time where New Yorkers are going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to give up my right to self-protection, especially when you see what that guy went through. And as it turns out, at that store, there are reports that he also endured somebody else coming in uh, with a gun at another time, too, as well. So it's a tough time to be a business owner in New York or a business employee in New York, and especially these guys in the bodegas. They're working long hours. They're often by themselves. And... Thank goodness there was a videotape in this case because Greg Gutfeld on Fox had this to say. Imagine if there was not a videotape. He thinks the outcome would have been even much worse for this bodega worker. In an, in an alternative universe, it, it will infuriate you. What if there was no tape? 
Exactly. Yeah. This, they, yeah. that, they would have taken the, the stabbed suspect. He would be a martyr. Yeah. There would be a mural. There would be a march. Mm. Yeah. There would be riots. And the bodega worker would be portrayed as a monster. As a racist? Yes. As a, a but, but thankfully, this is why, I mean, I'm like, I'm not, I am now so pro-surveillance, body cam, put it everywhere. Because if you didn't see this, you know exactly the kind of narrative. You know what happened? Biden would have spoke out against this bodega guy. He would have said, that bodega guy, he's got to pay. Look what he did to this innocent, this poor, he was just getting his life back together. And he gets stabbed by a monster. So can you imagine if there was not a video, even with the video, Alvin Bragg put the guy on half a million dollars bail. Again, it got reduced, fortunately, after the public outcry. But can you imagine if there was no videotape, do you think it would be even worse for this bodega worker? How do you think it would have played out? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Lamar on line two. Lamar, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. Well, yes, ma'am. Good evening. I just wanted to say that there's no police agency sufficiently numerous to be everywhere all the time. It is therefore incumbent upon law-abiding people to be ever in a condition to defend themselves. I haven't lived in New York City for a very long time, but I can guarantee you something, and we're talking about a life where there are no guarantees. I can guarantee you if, God forbid, you become the target or the victim of a violent crime in this city, there will not be a uniform presence to intervene on your behalf. You will be on your own. Law-abiding people must be in a condition to defend themselves. And in closing, I would say to everyone, in the sound of my voice, God bless the Second Amendment, and God bless that brave and brilliant man, Justice Clarence Thomas. Thank you, Miss Rhea. All right, Lamar, you had a lot in there. Uh, you know, Lamar, what do you make of the fact that this comes at a time, you hit the whole Second Amendment issue is a really interesting point, because this is coming as... Individuals in New York, of course, are very upset at the recent Supreme Court decision about concealed carry in New York. They're changing it. We know Governor Hochul has has worked on that. Uh, Eric Adams has been supportive of that. They keep saying it's guns, guns, guns. Um, and yet, just as you said, uh, not that you, you don't want the guns in the wrong guy's hands, but is this a time to take them out of the law-abiding citizens' hands? I mean, how can you tell People, okay, no, uh, you're not going to have anything to defend yourself when you're seeing these cases of this bodega worker and people being robbed and, and shoplifted and other much more even serious crimes than robbery over and over again in New York, Lamar. I mean, this is uh, what do you say to the politicians who say, well, we want to take guns away from law abiding citizens? Miss Rita, from one end of this country to the other, there are more than there are hundreds, thousands of laws that infringe upon the rights of law-abiding people in this country. Guns are already in the hands of criminals. The only people who are affected by these laws, we all know, are the law-abiding. Criminals are going to have guns irrespective of what the law says, and everyone knows that. All right, Lamar, thank you very much. I love your call and I love your passion. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls, everybody. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this Friday night, and we are talking about the case of Jose Alba. Everybody around the country is talking about this because you can see it in plain sight. It's on the video, the surveillance video from the store in New York, the bodega. You see this guy, this ex-con who just got off, uh, who was on parole, just got out of prison for attacking a police officer. Uh, so he's no Mary Poppins. He comes behind the counter, blocks in the guy. Then you could tell he's trying to kind of pull the guy away. And that's when the guy's saying, oh, my gosh, what else is he going to do to me? And he pulls out a knife and defends himself. Of course, Alvin Bragg, the DA, throws him in Rikers. And we were just talking with Lamar, who just called in about the Second Amendment, because this comes at a time where everybody is saying, well, let's just get rid of guns, even for law-abiding citizens. You hear it often with different politicians, of course, in liberal-led cities across America. You hear it, of course, from the White House almost every single day. And Fox News host Joey Jones contends that maybe, in this case, if the bodega owner had a gun versus pulling out that knife, maybe both of them would have been okay. Take a listen to how he sees this. If the gun laws weren't so ridiculous that, that a shop owner in a, in a city prone to violence can't have one, a shotgun to, to defend himself easily, uh, brandishing that shotgun might have had that dude turn around and run the other way. And so it's a deterrent in a lot of ways. The fact is you're going to see more of this because people are not going to put up with lawlessness. They're not going to be, be put up with having their own lives threatened for simply running a business. They're not going to put up with a group, a class of Americans who think they can impose their will on what they perceive to be the weak because there's no consequence. And how many people need to needlessly die at knife point before DA start prosecuting people, putting them in jail for smaller crimes? I mean, who could have saved that man's life? Whoever let him out of jail could have saved his life by keeping him in jail. That's an interesting point. Why was he out? He clearly was a menace to society because he's on parole for attacking a cop. And there he is, obviously threatening very much and pushing and physically assaulting a guy he doesn't know because he's upset that the guy won't let the daughter take potato chips. I mean, this is crazy. So clearly he got out way too early, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Uh, line six from Staten Island, New York. Go ahead, Pete. Your thoughts. Hey, Rita. I saw that video. My God, it was so clear as a bell. I looked like it was a filming of something. You know? although, although, Pete, really, although way, Pete, Pete, I had a caller. You may have heard a couple nights ago. Because uh, it stood out. It's only been one. But he said, you know, I looked at that video over and over again. And that guy, he claimed the bodega worker attacked the ex-con. Uh, I'm not sure what. I, obviously, the guy needs glasses because we all looked at the other the video over and over again and see it a little differently. But there are a few people, maybe one or two people in New York who seem to feel the same way as Alvin Bragg, which is shocking that there's even one more. I don't know what he was watching. He must have been watching a cartoon or something. You know you know what I'm thinking about, Rita, too, you know, with these things of warnings. Look at 9-11. These guys took those planes to construction, how to fly them. But they said, don't worry, we don't have to land them. We're, we're good. We're good. I mean, that should have set off a little trigger. No, same thing with the shooting 
and everything, and it's craziness. But these bodegas, I was in a place today, and some guy came in, he looked like he was looking to rob the place, and he got scared off because I had my police bracelet on my arm, and he figured I was carrying, so he went out the door. But uh, it's horrible. This is crazy. It is. It is absolutely nuts. Pete, thank you very much. And and maybe you did thwart a crime just by wearing that police bracelet. I love that even, Pete. Thank you very much. Always great to have your call, my friend. When we come back, we're going to continue your calls. What do you make when you see the videotape? Was it self-defense? Was it murder? And also now people are saying, thank goodness there is that video. Can you imagine if there wasn't the videotape? And Joey Jones is wondering, what if the bodega worker had a gun? Maybe he thinks the guy might have fled. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Indiana, heroic Indiana police officers of the Madison Police Department in Indiana rescued and saved five kids and one adult from a raging apartment building fire recently. They responded to a call last Sunday around one in the morning. And the officers, Officer Nicole Midget and Officer Philip Wimpy of the Madison Police Department discussed their life-saving actions as they caught the children and adult who were forced to jump from an apartment to escape the raging fire. The patrolman said as soon as he got on the scene, they heard the children, they saw the children, and you know you've got to do what it takes to get those kids out immediately. So right away we sprang into action and started directing the kids out of the window. Now, Officer Wimpy is a father himself, and he said he went into dad mode during the rescue. He said, we started talking to the children in the burning building the same way that I would talk to my own kids. It was something that motivated not only me, but everyone else on the scene, those who were also fathers and have family members who were that age, to really just continue what we were doing. Thankfully, They caught multiple kids and an adult who were forced to jump out of the second-story window. Miraculously, none of them were seriously harmed. What an amazing story of heroism, and bravo to the great officers there of the Madison, Indiana Police Department. Well, law enforcement are seeing criminals feeling more and more emboldened. And a lot of people are saying when they look at the case of the bodega worker, they say this is just sort of indicative, uh, indicative rather, of what's going on in many cities across America today because criminals are feeling like uh, they can just do whatever. They can go in, rob a store, beat up a worker, do whatever they want to do without repercussions and commit even more serious crimes too as well. And Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis talked about the situation, particularly in New York, and said that cashless bail has to stop because criminals are getting a green light. The message that woke 
DAs and lenient judges here in New York City and across America are giving to the perpetrators, that they can just go into stores and take anything they want and they don't get punished for it. And then on top of it, if they happen to get arrested, what happens is they are released right back onto the street because of New York's outrageous bail law. You have to commit multiple robberies before they even take you seriously and hold you for a trial. So, so it has become a joke. And it is unfortunate that people like Governor Kathy Hochul refuses to fix the bail law and people keep electing these judges and prosecutors who are not serious about crime. And Congresswoman Maliotakis also says that criminals, they're not worried whatsoever. I mean, look at the case in the bodega worker. The guy who went in was a you know career criminal, ex-con, just got off. He was on parole for assaulting a cop and he just got out. I mean, this is a classic case. Take a listen. The real issue that we're facing in New York City and in our state is the fact that people feel they are emboldened now, actually, by the laws put in place by the Democrats, and they feel they can enter stores that we, and, and just take whatever they want without paying for it. And the hardworking citizen who's trying to run a business is the one who is suffering. We saw it during the looting in 2020. We, we see it during the uh, smashing grabs repeatedly. And now in this case as well, where someone thought they could walk in and take a bag of potato chips and then came back to assault the bodega owner when he said no. Like what? What do you mean? I can't rob you? I can't just take something even if I don't have any money? I mean, you see it over and over and over again that criminals are just feeling so emboldened. I mean, the guy didn't hesitate to go behind the counter and assault this, quote, old man that he saw behind the counter. And many people are wondering today, what would have happened if there wasn't a videotape? What do you think would have happened to the bodega worker? Even with that videotape, Alvin Bragg is throwing the book at him, which is just shocking. But can you imagine if there was no videotape? And then Joey Jones, as I mentioned on Fox News, is saying, hey, what if he had a gun? Maybe the guy would have left. He could have escalated the situation, but maybe the guy would have said, oh, oh I better get out of here, too. How do you think that would have played out in either of those scenarios? It's one 800 848 Nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Uh let's go to Eric on line three. Eric, your thoughts about all this. Hey Rita, thanks for doing this segment on Back to Blue. I am the undersheriff at the Sullivan County Sheriff's Office. Oh, how great. In Monticello, New York. Yeah, absolutely. And, Bravo. Thank you. I'm glad and, you're calling in. Yes, and thank you for uh doing this segment. But um you know, everybody's hung up on this bail reform, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, Governor Hochul signed the less is more parole bill last fall. And what what that has done is, you know, you used to have somebody who would come out of prison and violate parole. You would send them back to finish their sentence. Now, the maximum that a judge can incarcerate a parolee on the first offense of breaking parole is seven days. The second offense is 15 days. And the third offense through the 500th offense, is 30 days. That is the max that a judge in New York State can send a parolee back to jail. We've been sold a bill of goods. Wow. We, they told us that they were getting rid of technical violations. Well, yeah, technical violations, you get two free passes, and then the third technical violation is seven days. But for an actual uh, violation of your parole, and we picked up a couple weeks ago, we picked up a parolee in a stolen car, and normally 
in the past, the parole officers would come down and bang them right in jail. But they told us, no, we can't put anybody in jail unless we have permission from Albany. So this guy got an appearance ticket and went out the door, a parolee in a $40,000 stolen car in Monticello, New York. So this is what we're up against. This is what people don't want to talk about, especially the politicians who are running for election this year who voted for these laws. They don't want to talk about the, the bail reform. Don't get hung up on bail reform. That's just the tip of the iceberg. They've revamped the entire criminal justice system to favor the criminal and totally ignore the victim. Wow. You know what? That is really stunning what you just said about the guy in the stolen car um, and he gets a, you know, a, a ticket. I mean, that that to me is. Ticket. Yeah, and, that is. And parole apologizes to us. He said, sorry, we can't put him in jail unless we have permission from Albany. And then we find out when the judge if the judge does put him in jail, the first offense is maximum of seven days. This wow. is what has happened to our criminal justice system in New York. Me, and they're brushing it under the carpet. Nobody's talking about it. Eric, let me ask you, as as the undersheriff there of Sullivan County, do yeah. you um, think that this is ultimately going to start backfiring? And I say that because you look at across the country, you look at the trend where Chesa Boudin, the soft on crime DA in San Francisco, just got recalled in San Francisco, a big liberal uh, city, as you know. Um, You look at what's happening in New York. People are going, uh, they're just fed up. They're shocked, especially in the case of, you know, Alvin Bragg. Um, You look at uh, the case of Gascon. We don't have, obviously, recall in New York that has to come from the governor, as you know. Um, But in California, where they're also now trying to get another recall, a recall vote, and it looks like they have enough signatures, we'll find out soon because they have to get, you know, officiated and all that stuff um, and screened by the clerk and all that. But but is there is there a backlash? Do you think people are going enough, just law-abiding citizens, whether they're Democrat, Republican, whatever? People just want safe cities, safe homes. Yes. Uh, I think they're tired of the victims being ignored. They want to feel safe regardless of their political persuasion. And let me say this. Chesa Boudin, do you know who his parents are? Yeah, Weather Underground. Yeah, they're, they're the Brinks robbers who killed who killed security guard and cops in Rockland County, Kathy Boudin and what's his name, who just got paroled by uh, the New York State Parole Board. Uh, so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You shouldn't be surprised that Chesa Boudin doesn't want to prosecute crime. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a backlash. And and the people in San Francisco, as liberal as they are, they've had enough. They've had enough of the people riding bicycles and motorcycles into Walgreens and Rite Aid and just clearing out the shelves. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. What do you think, Eric, when you see the video, too, in of the New York case that's getting so many headlines, as you know, of the worker? I'm sure you've seen that video of the store uh, worker, this Jose Alba. And again, here it is, an ex-con. You just talked about the parole laws in New York. The guy had just gotten yeah. out for assaulting a cop. Um, what do you what do you make of the fact when you see the video, how do you see the video from law enforcement perspective? I think you you nailed it when you said the criminals feel emboldened. The laws have been modified to kind of give them, I, I guess the people modified the laws want to kind of give them a little more, they feel it's a little more fair to them. Never mind, we should be holding them accountable. Uh, they, they, The people in power in our legislature feel that Somehow we've unfairly treated the criminals, and they're totally ignoring the victims. And this is a prime example. Let me just say something else while I'm at it. 
you know, you had the shooter up in Buffalo, and he was wearing body armor. Yeah. You know, at that moment when he went into that store up there, it, it was it is a crime or was a crime to wear body armor, bulletproof vest, and commit a crime. That was a separate crime into itself. What did they do? They made it illegal for the average person now to purchase body armor. I know taxi cab drivers who wear bulletproof vests. I know bodega owners in rough neighborhoods who wear bulletproof vests. They've taken away the right of the average person to buy a bulletproof vest and protect themselves. You can no longer purchase body armor in New York State unless you have a good cause like your security guard or a police officer. Our laws are upside down. We're coddling the criminals and ignoring the victims. So how do we turn this around, Eric? Uh, I mean, I do think that people are waking up and and going to the voting booth and going, wait a minute, we don't want these kind of people. (laughs) That is the the way to do it. We have to educate everybody. Again, the the parole board, nobody knows about it, the the, the seven days for your first parole violation. So we have to educate people and get them to the ballot box. I think people are, are getting tired. They don't want to hear the excuses anymore. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's why, by the way, I also applaud Eric uh, and everybody. Um, Eric is calling in as the under sheriff of Sullivan County, New York. Um, I also applaud great folks like you in law enforcement because you're trying to do your job. You're trying to bust these guys and then they just end up out on the street or they get a citation. You know, they, as, as, as was the case with this guy. Well, they get an appearance ticket, but we have a, a, a new word for it. It's called a disappearance ticket. You give them the ticket, they disappear and never show to court. Ugh, that is so I, – I applaud you guys, and I'm glad you also mentioned well, that we do our Back well, the Rita. Blue segment because you guys have a tough job as it is and even more so now. Well, but, boy, we need you guys now more than ever because we don't have all the DAs Rita. that are in the corner. Rita, thank you for being – for helping us, for being the voice and getting the word out. We couldn't do this alone. I mean, the, the pendulum has to swing back. If yeah. we're going to uh, address crime properly. Well, we have your back. We love the men and women in blue and appreciate what you do and everybody there in Sullivan County uh, and across, of course, the country. But thank you. It's so great to hear somebody like you. And we're so blessed to have people who are dedicated to being in law enforcement and care about it and care about safety. And you guys are fighting the good fight. And so many people across this country love and appreciate you. I certainly do. And I know our listeners do. Thank you, Eric. Thank so you, much. Rita. Thank you very much. Bye-bye Thank now. you very, very much. Wow, what an interesting call to hear also what Eric had just said, that the guy got an appearance ticket for one for a violation of parole and didn't even get like a seven days. I mean, that is just shocking. That is absolutely shocking. What a powerful call. Let's go to Chris, line six. Chris, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. Hey, Rita. It's an honor, actually, to follow that last call. That guy was great. Oh, wasn't um, he? How great. And by the way, how lucky are was, we to have great men and women who are dedicated and care about this? And they're looking at, we're all looking at, you know, about the, the DAs yeah. and the judges. And they're just trying to out there to do their job and are just, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have people who are so committed to safety and appreciate citizens and they're speaking out because they're frustrated, too. You know, they go through all the hard work of arresting people, and then they see them right out on the street, or they they, they just get an appearance ticket. I mean, what a slap on the wrist. My goodness. Well, a disappearance well, that's ticket. Why I call, well, that's why I call, Rita, because I'm telling you, this is the key. And uh, it was touched upon by the previous caller in that, right, you have to get to the uh, ballot box. And, by the way, if I'm Lee Zeldin right now, I'm not kidding around. 
I am getting that videotape that happened. This is the turning point. This is it. Do you remember back in 1988 when Mike Dukakis ran against uh, George Bush Sr.? Yes, and of course. And Willie Horton? Yep. Right. Yep. Willie Horton. It turned everything around. Dukakis was ahead in points. But then what happened is Willie Horton, you know, he Dukakis was soft on crime. It was perceived as the governor of uh, Massachusetts. And he let Willie Horton out. And uh, as we know, uh, it was similar to this gentleman in the bodega that got killed. There, there's a tipping point, And there's... There's two things, obviously, that we all know that you run elections on, you win them on. It's the economy, and which we all know with the inflation, and crime. And obviously, in New York, it's off the charts. I work in the city, and, uh, you know, i got to say, for the first time in 42 years, commuting into the city, I don't feel safe. Whenever I take the subway, I stand you, – you've taken a subway. In the past, you would always, like, kind of stand near the platform, wait for the subway to come. Now everybody stands against the wall. You know, everyone's back. And everyone's on the guard. It's a different thing. But my point that I, the reason I called was because Lee Zeldin has to. I mean, even get a hold of that guy, Eric, who just was on. Have him talk to Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin has to know all these things. He has to know, you know, how bad, how bad, you know, Bragg is. And I know he knows that, but that has to be his main point. And he has to totally paint Kathy Hochul as the soft on crime person that she is. And use that video from last, uh, from a couple of days ago to Bodega as his campaign. I would show it on a, a endless loop, you know. It, and by the way, defund the police totally backfired. I live in Nassau County. We threw all the loop the Democrats out. I know. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a total red wave here. So it can work. I mean, everyone says New York's too blue. It's not. Believe me, Nassau County now is red. Suffolk is red. Just about every place. And I think, believe it or not, I think parts of Manhattan will, you know, the people that support the bodega owner, believe me, they're going to be tough on, they're going to vote for someone who's tough on crime. I mean, that's what we need. And but my point is, if you can, Lee Zeldin, you got to get him on the air and you got to have him talk to that guy, Eric, who was just on. And he has to just constantly make that the whole issue. I Fine. agree. And by the way, it. by the way, Chris, we had uh, Leon uh, with the congressman on last night, actually. Um, oh, and sorry. yeah, no, 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 that's OK. So so I, I agree with you. And I think you're right that that's the campaign ad. You just show that you show the videotape and then you say you remind everybody that it's Kathy Hochul is in the position to get rid of Alvin Bragg. There is no recall, as you know, technically in New York, like in right. California. But the governor can get rid of, she can fire. And the first thing Lee Zeldin said when he was on our show last night, uh, he said that the first thing he would do on day one is fire Alvin Bragg. And so he needs to okay. show that very clear contrast. But show that videotape, because, boy, you're right, it encapsulates this to AT. Chris, thank you. You're awesome. Great to have you call in, and especially also after we were just talking to Eric, who's the undersheriff there of Suffolk County, too, as well. Great to have both you guys Thank you very much, Chris. And you know what? The thing that's interesting is that he does plan to basically over and over and over again go over that issue and say, I'm going to get rid of Alvin Bragg because Kathy Hochul came out and said she's going to cut Alvin Bragg slack. That's what she said because from day one, everybody goes, what are you doing with this guy? Remember, there's been a number of other cases before this. And people have come forward and said, why is this guy still in office? 
And then they're learning, oh, well, we can't recall him. Well, the governor and the governor, when she's been asked, has said, I would cut Alvin Bragg some slack. So my question today is, how much slack do we need to cut a guy like this? New York City can't take any more slack. Great cities across this country like New York can't take any more slack. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Coming up in the next hour, we are going to talk about the fact that although the border agents have been cleared, they have now been reconfirmed that they didn't commit a crime by whipping the migrants. Remember that big allegation that smeared the border agents? Well, it turns out that all these allegations saying that they whipped them and after a 10-month investigation, they determined, no, they didn't do that. But they're still punishing some of them for some verbal comments that they did. Are you kidding me? How outrageous is that? And are you going to give them an apology for calling them racist, calling them the worst kind of things you can imagine to these border agents who are just working hard trying to protect our border at a time where we've got a wide open border, thanks to Joe Biden and his team? And will they actually get an official apology? Because today it came out, from the Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner, that they have basically been cleared of any wrongdoing, that nobody ever was whipped, that those Haitian migrants that were under the bridge never were whipped. They've been cleared of all those allegations. So is Joe Biden, is Kamala Harris, is Maxine Waters? The list goes on and on. Are they finally going to apologize? No, they're trying to find some sort of administrative punishment to give some of the workers for maybe saying some wrong things to a migrant or something like that so they can justify that they did something as opposed to apologizing. To me, that is outrageous. We're going to talk about that also in the next hour because it is out of control. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sal on line eight. Sal, your thoughts about the case with the bodega worker. Well, I mean, I, I just think the pandering, and you hit on it just before the break, yeah, the pandering from this governor is amazing. On one side of her mouth, we need to rush, 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 new gun laws. Uh, uh, and at the other side, she's saying, but we need to give time to D.A. Bragg, who's not prosecuting criminals who commit gun crimes. I was a, a New York City detective close to 23 years. Uh, this is really not a complicated thing. Police need to be proactive. Bring back the stop question and possibly frisk, and 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 let them do their job. And the difference between uh, Allison Escobedo, our uh, next lieutenant governor, and the current mayor is 
he began his career the day he was sworn into the cop, his, his political career, the day he was sworn into the cop, he just retired for 25 years to become the next lieutenant governor. And, and, I think and, uh, and Sal, we're losing you a little bit, but I heard what you said because she is running with Lee Zeldin as a lieutenant governor. I love the fact that he picked somebody with a great law enforcement background. It's the Rita Cosby Show. eventually get cleared. I'm talking about the border agents. And later on in the hour, I want to take your calls on that because it's been 10 months. And these border agents, remember, were accused of some of the worst things that I think you can really be accused of, of whipping Haitian migrants who were under that Del Rio bridge area, many of them crossing around that time. And they were basically accused of being racist that they were using whips and many people in the administration, including Kamala Harris. Uh, you think about people, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the president of the United States. Oh, they're going to pay a dear price for the way that they treated these migrants crossing, that they were whipping them. And the photographer who was there at the scene said, I didn't see them whip. Those were reins. Those were the horse reins. Suddenly, these huge groups of migrants were coming, and they were trying to move the horses back, not to startle the horses. And I have a lot of friends who are very familiar with horses, and they're like, no, 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 those were not whips. Those are just standard reins. You could see it right away. Even the photographer, again, who took the picture, said they weren't whipping. But yet, this administration continued with that message, continued smearing the border border agents, and blasting them and saying they were over the top. And meanwhile, they're being overrun. They've got that open border that they're dealing with. They're dealing with all those issues. And today, they have been officially, officially cleared. They said it was going to take just a few days to determine that they indeed were doing the whipping. But everybody goes, no, 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 it didn't happen. And suddenly, when they realized that it didn't happen, and that people were going to stick up for themselves and defend the border agents, especially when it was clear as day what happened. Well, then suddenly they kind of swept it under the rug. And here it is 10 months later, almost a year later, just a few hours ago, the commissioner of Customs and Border Patrol, Chris Magnus, who works for President Biden, made this big announcement. Take a listen. Likewise. OPR investigators determined that the agents involved in the Del Rio activity were not carrying whips. The third area focused on the individual actions of the agents. Despite initial appearances, after a careful review and analysis of videos, photos, and eyewitness accounts, this included an interview with a photographer on the scene and other members of the media, OPR found no evidence Border Patrol agents involved in this incident struck any person with their reins intentionally or otherwise. No evidence that they did it intentionally or otherwise. In other words, nobody was being whipped. They could have figured that out from day one. 
And we are not, I'm sure, going to hear any sort of apology from this administration. And they should apologize because take a listen. This is just something that Kamala Harris said which was so disgusting about the border agents. Take a listen. Human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African Americans during times of slavery. And um, so I'm glad to, to know that, that Ali Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, is taking it very seriously. Well, now the Biden administration's own investigation has determined that it didn't happen, that they did not whip them. And that's what the Border Patrol agents have said. So you should think that they'd be able to walk away. No, no, no. Guess what? This whole time for 10 months, those guys that were in the pictures who were falsely accused, they have been on administrative leave. And today, despite that declaration from the Customs and Border Protection Joe Biden's own custom and border protection. Guess what? A number of them are going to be put on suspended pay, not for whipping the migrants, because now they have to admit that didn't happen. But they're being put because they made some disparaging remarks or some inappropriate comments to a number of different migrants. So they had to find something to basically slam them for. So they're withholding pay in some cases up to two weeks of these Border Patrol agents. To me, that is just so shameful. Are they just trying to do that so then they could say, well, they did get sanctioned for other things, for inappropriate treatment. Are they just like grasping at straws to try to find something? And do you think we will ever hear an apology from the president or the vice president or other people in the Democratic Party who blasted and brutally maligned these Border Patrol agents who now have been officially cleared by Biden's own administration. How interesting is it, too, guys, by the way, that it happens on a Friday afternoon in the summer? It's like, let's hope it just kind of gets swept under the rug. Well, we're not going to let it get swept under the rug here on the Rita Cosby Show because our border agents are doing such difficult job. They need to be recognized and appreciated. And it was so obvious that these people did not whip migrants. And yet... I'll be curious to see, I hope reporters, the next time that they have a chance to talk to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, say, don't you owe them an apology? That should be the first question. Don't you owe them? Now your own Border Patrol has come out 10 months later after you put these people on administrative leave. And it's going to be interesting because these border agents should sue. They should go after them and say, how dare you falsely accuse me for 10 months? You put me on administrative leave for 10 months, and now you're withholding some of their pay because they made some inappropriate comment. That's like, uh, uh, well, they didn't rob the bank, uh, but maybe they tripped somebody by accident. You know, I mean, give me a break. They're just trying to find something to justify their heinous and horrible comments. So I'm going to take your calls about that later on in the hour because, to me, it is atrocious what has happened to our good border agents. Meantime, we are talking about the bodega worker, Jose Alba, because a lot of people are wondering today, boy, imagine what would have happened to this guy, because first off, the guy comes into, as we know, his bodega, pushes him. You can see it as clear as day. Of course, we know that D.A. Alvin Bragg threw the book at the bodega owner who was defending himself, if you see it on the videotape. But can you imagine if there was no videotape to justify, to show what he did. 
Can you imagine? And this comes at the same time where New York is trying to take away guns from law-abiding citizens. I, I mean, it, it's just like the crazy so what you're supposed to just like, what, be out on a stretcher? And that's the only time that you're able to self-defense? That self-defense is not actually a defense under this DA in New York and other soft-on-crime DAs in New York? That, to me, is a very dangerous place in America, if that's what we've come to. one 800 Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Isabel on line six. Isabel, your thoughts about the Bodega case? Go ahead. Hi, Rita. I think they were all wrong. The woman goes in without any money, and the 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 owner or the the guy he should have given her the chips. He should have given them to her. And then it all goes worse. Wait a second. Her boyfriend. Isabel, she didn't have the money, all right? And right. he's, and so he's she probably. She should not have gone to the store. Right, right. She shouldn't she have, gone, have to gone to the store. And he's probably right. also been, uh, apparently somebody showed up with a gun there a couple weeks before. Like, no, no, before that he, he could have given her the uh, the item. You know, oh, no, no, no. I'm just, uh, what, I'm t- what I'm telling you, Isabel, is that I'm describing sort yeah. of the history of that, that oh. the store has had other people try to rob. They've had other people try to steal things all the time. So now it's like, here's another right. case. And if you're a bodega worker and an owner, you go, God, you know, come on, guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, a free for all. Shouldn't I, you have to pay for uh, something? I, if you want to get something, shouldn't you have to pay for it? I mean, why should a, a business owner just what be handing out all their goods for free? <laughs> no, yeah, you're right, but but he could have just given her that because he she didn't rob him. She didn't try to rob him, and she was just trying to get a bag of snacks, you know. And he he could have let it go, you know. Like he she didn't come with a knife or a gun. Oh, she did. She did have a knife. She stabbed him, right? <laughs> yes, remember she stabbed him. She stabbed him multiple right, right. times, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was after she brought her boyfriend in or husband or whatever. But 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 Isabel, the the problem is, and I and obviously in hindsight, you certainly would rather give somebody a bag of chips than than. But he didn't expect this guy to come back and uh, this guy to come. It was the boyfriend because you're right, he wasn't there initially, and then he comes back. But you know that sends a very bad message that you know go ahead and take whatever you want. I I was in a store, um, and I've talked about this on the air. Um, I was on a store, maybe it's been about a month or two now, a drugstore, and I saw a guy next to me was just, I was like, gosh, he's shopping a lot, and he's shopping real aggressively. (laughs) Next thing you know, he walks right out of the store. And I even said to the, it kind of surprised me. I'm like, oh my, it looked like Christmas, you know? And I said (laughs) to the store clerk, and and the clerk said, oh yeah, he comes in here all the time, he does this once a week or whatever. They seem, so, but, but you know what, people are fed up. I mean, if you're a law-abiding, hard-working citizen, you shouldn't have to like, you yeah. know, it's not a it's not a free for all. You know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. and I'm sure he never anticipated uh, the repercussions of that. My goodness, you know. But you're a good, you know. You the bottom line is you should pay for what you're buying. You know, and it's because people feel like how dare they not give it to me for free? I deserve to rob them. I deserve to take whatever. I mean, that's a sad state of affairs if that's the mindset. And I think it is by a lot of these criminals. Yeah. She shouldn't have gone into the store without money to begin with. That was the whole problem. Yep. But then they all messed up. They all messed up, I think. Well, and I think he was in a very dangerous situation because you got that guy cornering him and then he's trying to like block him and then he's trying to take him somewhere 
And, you know, it's an mm-hmm. older guy. He's pushing him in the chair. Um, I, I think, you know, who knows what was being said to him by the guy. Oh, I'm going to, you know, we don't know. You know, I mean, you know, but if you look even right. at the video, he's behind the counter. He's blocking him in and he's pushing. And then the girl's got a knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is that's yeah. a scary scary place to be. Isabel, thank you, though. I love your call. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Tommy on line two. Tommy, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Tommy. Hey, Reed, I have two thoughts on the Benegas situation. Um, first of all, if I feel that so many Latino and Latinas are leaving the Democratic Party and leaning towards the right, that I'm getting an inclination and an impression that the media is trying to marginalize the Latin community. It's just a thought. I was like, my second thought is Alvin Bragg and Hochul are both uh, towing the Marxist party line and dividing the people. Jose Alba is a righteous citizen versus a career criminal. It's topsy-turvy when a good guy goes to jail for defending himself and the bad girl gets away with assault, with a deadly weapon. She didn't even go to jail. What's up with that? At least the good, at least the bad guy died, you know, but, I mean, she needs to go to jail, too. That's just my personal opinion. You know, Tommy, you brought up a great point about that woman because the woman who had the knife who also uh, stabbed him, you know, because he was bleeding to the the uh, bodega uh, worker there, Jose Alba. You're right. She has yet to be charged. I mean, I mean, that is that talk about the contrast of the two. It's stunning. Can you imagine, Tommy, too, if there was no video, um, how different the situation might even be today? Can you can you imagine? I mean, this is the response that they give Jose Alba, that D.A. Alvin Bragg. Uh, gives, you know, throws the book at this guy, this hardworking guy. Um, imagine if there was no video, he'd, he'd probably be in Rikers for, uh, the next 30 years, uh, based yeah. on Alvin Bragg's philosophy. Can you imagine if he said, I swear this is what happened, but there was no videotape? Can you imagine? Well, I'm glad that, Ellie, I'm glad there was a, a videotape because this whole situation is outrageous. <laughs> I agree. I'm with you, Tommy. Thank you. Great Love call, it. my friend. Thank you. Let's Bye go to, on. thank you. Let's go to RD in Pennsylvania, line seven. Go ahead, RD. Your thoughts. Okay. We need to know a lot more about Alvin Bragg, his Harvard educational background, all the Harvard intellectuals that got inside his mind when he entered as an undergraduate. He went to the Harvard Law School. I'm going to ask you to get Alan Dershowitz on your show, and I want Alan Dershowitz to explain how Harvard can produce somebody like this. This guy is far more complicated than the um, than the way we're discussing him right now. You know, we're, we're speaking in short bursts of, you know, outrage. But he's a very complex person, and he is self-contradictory when you get deep inside of his resume and the, the public statements that he's made and so on. We need to really get inside. He has ideas like restorative justice. Well, that's a fancy word for if a criminal beats somebody up, nearly kills them, Alvin Bragg will try to like get the two of them together and have them talk out their differences. Yeah, just right. Just what right. Just what you want to do is is see the ex con again. You know, I mean, you are you're right because his ideas are so wacky. Um, and also, one thing you know we haven't talked about tonight is a lot of the money. I mean, a lot of the money that he got is from George Soros on the campaign trail, and that's a common thread of these soft on crime DAs across the country. 
like Bragg, uh, like Gascon. Gascon got over a million dollars from George Soros. Uh, Chesa Boudin, the guy who just got recalled, thank goodness, in San Fran, and let's hope Gascon gets it soon, too. Um, but all of them, there's this common thread of huge money. I mean, that's a lot of money for a DA's race if suddenly you get over a million bucks. And we know for a fact that Alvin Bragg was getting a lot of money from Soros, too, as well. And it's that mindset, that philosophy. Uh, we see Soros's footprints on so many of these far, far, far left, uh, and I think ideas that don't keep us safe, like the restorative justice and others that you just brought up. R.D., thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Mario real quick. Line six. Mario, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. But I feel so bad for this bodega worker. Yeah, well, people are saying that he should have given away product. That's unbelievable. I can't believe I'm hearing that. I know. Did you hear what I said? Right. How are you ever going to stay in business if it's like, hey, come on and come on and rob me and I'll give you everything, you know? What would happen if the bodega owner doesn't pay his DEP water bill or his taxes? What do you think is going to happen? The city's going to put a lien on the property or on the other shut, shut them down. Right. And how can you have a civilized society uh, with with them saying, well, you know what? Uh, you should just give it away if somebody wants to take it. And if it's only this, if it's only that. You heard what I said. You know, he's fed up because people yeah. were coming in there and robbing. It's happening in every store across almost every store, you know, across many liberal cities across America where criminals are coming over and over again. Sometimes it's the same criminal comes in. And they basically, I, I, I saw it myself. I, I told you, I saw it myself in a drugstore, and I, and the guy looked like Santa Claus. He was just like loading up, loading up, and I was like, "Gosh, he's real. He's buying for the next five years, yeah. and then he just walks right out." I mean, how can you have a civilized society? I know it's unbelievable. People can say give away product. I, I couldn't believe I heard that one. All right. Either way, have a great night. Love the show. Thank you, Mario. You and I are both as shocked at that one. I'm with you, my friend. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What did you make of our caller? It's the Rita Cosby Show. There was that surveillance video that was watching the whole scene at the bodega. And despite that, and we all saw it, uh, there are people out there. And you just heard one of my callers who said, you know what? People should just give away merchandise. He should just given away merchandise because maybe had he given away the merchandise for free, this might not have happened. Don't business owners and business workers have a right to defend the property that they're at? And if they're attacked? Don't they have a right to defend themselves? And why should they give away merchandise? It is stunning. But overall, I clearly think Jose Alba had a very firm right to self-defense. And I think when it goes before a grand jury, that hopefully they throw it out. Hopefully they don't drag this guy through. Can you imagine years and years and years of legal Steps now that he has been charged with second degree murder. My goodness, 25 years in Rikers for defending yourself, and it's all on videotape. 1 800 848 9222. Let's go to Lou on line two. Lou, your thoughts about this? 
Rita, let me ask you. I, I lay down in bed every night. I listen to the iHeart app, and I listen to your show. I think you have a great show. Thank you. How is the whole nation and city not on high blood pressure medication? The issues that are going on in this country and in this city of New York is amazing. The lady who called before about the snack, if she didn't have the money, she called her boyfriend to come down. Why couldn't the boyfriend give her the cash and pay for the chips? Instead, he wanted to go the next level. He wanted to cause violence and cause mayhem, and he got what he deserved. I praise Jose Alba for what he did. Praise yeah, him. I agree. The guy is a hero. I 1,000%. And you know what? That guy, if you look even at the videotape, first of all, he's an ex-con is the boyfriend. So the boyfriend clearly wasn't coming to pay. He was coming to get angry at the guy for not giving it away for free. I mean... What kind of a world are we in that that's why he's angry and then he goes behind the counter, pushes the old guy? I mean, to me, this is insanity. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, and also talk about the border agents who have been cleared by the Biden administration. Will they get an apology? It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military and their family, a really beautiful story coming out of San Luis Obispo, California. I love that area, by the way. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Well, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, Sergeant Elizabeth Ross, celebrated her 100th birthday in patriotic style just a few days ago. Ross's daughter, Ellen Pezzo, and her siblings surprised Ross and her family with a procession at Pezzo's home. A dozen cars and motorcycles carrying American flags and happy birthday banners drove past the home at 2 o'clock while sounding their horns very loudly. By the way, Ross served the Marine Corps in San Francisco from 1943 to 1945. She was responsible for recruiting new officers and equipment inventory. She proudly says that she never lost a single vehicle, that she kept track of everything. And by the way, the big birthday bash was organized by a nonprofit group called Welcome Home Military Heroes, which organizes welcome home events and other celebrations to honor military service members. What a beautiful, beautiful way to say happy birthday to this great veteran who is 100 years young and obviously gave some great, great service to our country. Well, when I think about service to our country, I think a lot about the border agents because, boy, is their job difficult. Uh, things are so bad at the border that now a number of Texas counties have said that what they're experiencing is, quote, an invasion because they feel that the security and safety of America is at stake. I mean, these are these counties that are in Texas that are right there at the border. And they say every day they have this huge influx of migrants coming through. Uh, there's just so much, as we know, it's historic numbers. We also know that people are on the terrorist watch list have come through. They had about 50 of them this past year. That's the biggest number they've ever had. If you're on the terrorist watch list, you're a bad hombre. And so the numbers are staggering and agents are overwhelmed and overworked. 
and the morale is really difficult. And you put that together with the fact that remember 10 months ago, because it's been 10 months, the administration, the Biden administration, when a picture came out of these border agents on horseback, because they've got to be on horseback, they have such a big area to cover, and they like to go into the brush to be able to try to find also migrants, because that's so they can discover them hiding in the brush. Some of them also uh, very sick in the brush, so they're saving their lives many times when they locate them. They have to be on horseback. And they were accusing these border agents, the Biden administration was, of whipping the Haitian migrants. This is in Del Rio, Texas, around the same time where there was that big group that was under the bridge. Remember, 15,000 of them in that tent city. Uh, that was just a horrible scene of, of so many of them coming at the same time, remember, and that huge influx. And so members of the Biden administration and other Democrats right away smeared the border agents and said that they were actually physically whipping the migrants from Haiti. And they not only said that, they basically said that they were racist, that it evoked some of this horrible, obviously, period in American history that evoked slavery. I mean, can imagine being accused of that. It was a horrible, horrible smear against these border agents. And let's just take you back to some of the things that were said 10 months ago, including from Congresswoman Maxine Waters. This is what she said when there was a picture that came out of them using the reins of the horses, which basically anybody who's horses knows what that is. But she said, no, they were whipping the migrants, which was not true. But take a listen to how she smeared those agents. I'm pissed. I'm unhappy. And I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys with their reins again whipping black people, Haitians, into the water where they're scrambling and falling down. And all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Listen to what they were just saying. I I mean, that's just... It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible, evoking that time, smearing the border agents, making those accusations. And Maxine Waters wasn't the only one. Take a listen to what the president of the United States said about those agents, too. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. 
It's not who we are. Now, listen, the photographer who took the picture, the famous picture where it looked like maybe they were whipping, said, no, 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 no. The picture, that's not accurate. Those were the rains. Nobody was whipping the migrants. I was there. So these people who are inflating it and making these false accusations are wrong. So today, the head of the Customs and Border Patrol, the commissioner again, who is a Biden a uh, Biden guy, this is a Biden administration guy, came out, here it is 10 months later, comes out and says, oh, yeah, the border agents have now been cleared. Nobody whipped anybody. Nobody did any of that. There was no intent to do it. There was no action of doing it, that it was absolutely not occurring. So the big question is, will we hear now from this administration that put those border agents on administrative leave? For what, political gain because they wanted to smear the border agents? Why would they do that? Why would they, first of all, take 10 months to come with a conclusion that it would have taken them 10 seconds had they talked to the photographer who spoke out publicly and said, no, it didn't happen? And they said that they were going to get to the bottom of it. It would only take a few days. Here it is 10 months later. The guys have been put on administrative leave this entire time. They've been smeared in front of the entire country. And now they have been officially cleared. And guess what's happening? A number of them are facing still administrative discipline. Some of them will have their pay withheld, not for whipping the migrants, but one of them, one or two made some verbal mistakes. They said there was a couple miscomments or different things, not related to the whipping, totally separate. They're trying to find something, anything. It's like, uh, did they, uh, did they trip somebody when they were five years old? Anything that they can find to justify why they made these horrible comments about them. And Brandon Judd, who is head of the Border Patrol Union, says, guess what? This president should apologize to every single Border Patrol agent. Take a listen. He's not going to apologize. And what makes it very difficult about that, it makes it nearly impossible for me and my fellow um, agents to put on uniforms and go out and do the job. We know that we're going to be scrutinized. We know that we have that target on our back. We know that anything that we do that the president doesn't like, we're going to be in trouble for. These people that did the investigation, they are executive branch employees. They fall directly under the president. The president ruined those three agents' lives, my three agents' lives. He ruined those agents' lives. He could have ruined the investigators' lives if they didn't find that they did something wrong. When you listen to, to Commissioner Magnus say that he has confidence in the investigation, of course he's going to say that. He's a political appointee. If he wouldn't say that, the president could remove him. The president could have ensured that those OPR investigators, if they didn't find some sort of wrongdoing, he could ensure that their, their careers would have been ruined as well. Wow. And he also said that this administration has not been supportive, basically, of those men and women that are on the front lines defending us at the southern border. If he would have come back and he would have apologized to those agents um, for making a false accusation before all the evidence was out, that would be one thing. But this president refuses to take any responsibility for anything that he does, including false statements that ruin agents' careers. These agents have been on administrative duty for the past 10 months. Their careers are basically over, and they were ruined because the president of the United States failed to let an investigation take place. He failed to listen to all the evidence. He only pandered to open border activists, and that's why these agents are now suffering. And that's why these agents are now suffering. After they were maligned, they were blasted, they were slammed, and so far crickets from the administration. 
boy, they should not get a free pass after what they have done to these border agents. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, your thoughts about all this? Yeah. Hi, Rita. First of all, no, the border agents are not going to get an apology because this administration would like to dissolve them. Second, how the hell did these Haitian migrants know that these Anglo border agents were saying disparaging things about them when they speak only Creole or French? Third, how did these Haitians get to Texas? You can't walk that. Yeah, that's a great point. It's an awfully long walk from uh, a long swim, you know? I yes. mean, my goodness, yes. you're right. It's there there yes. are so many questions here, but they're not looking into that. All they And by the way, if they had actually just even talked to you or what I said, had they talked to the photographer because the photographer was out there doing interviews and he and the one who took mm-hmm. the picture that supposedly caused the ire of President Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. And you know the other thing, too, that's interesting, Norm, I'm thinking back. Remember when it first happened, Alejandro Mayorkas, the uh, head of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. who has been a disaster on the border yes. and hasn't done anything, um, he first came out, Norm, remember, and he said, you know, oh, we're going to look into this. And he was almost sympathetic to the agents saying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then suddenly it's like he got a phone call from the White House. Right. And then the mm-hmm. next day he starts maligning them, too. Oh, yes. You know, it was oh, like this. Time. It was like this concerted smear effort. But you had a good point is that they don't want really Border Patrol agents. They just wanted to be nope. a free for all at the border and anything they could do to make them look like the bad guys and make people who are breaking the law coming into the country look like the good guys. Uh, that seems to be the strategy of this administration, Norm. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rita, I, I made a dedication to uh, to your show and to my friends Peter, Renee, and LQ on the Cousin Brucey show on Saturday night. And I, I also I, I made a particular a, a, a dedication to callers Teddy and Stan. Ah, well, now, by the way, now, what was the dedication? Was there a separate one to me? Then to Teddy and oh, no, Stan, or no, was it a lot? The song, the song, well, it was, it was, to, it was, to, it was, no, 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 Rita. It was, it was to the callers of the Rita Cosby show, and I, I dedicated it uh, to Neil Diamond's Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show. And I, I particularly, uh, I dedicated it to Teddy and Stan because they hate my guts, and I, I, I said that on the air. And I also, cause I dedicated that particular song because it's all about love. And, I figured the song Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show, which is one of my favorite Neil Diamond songs, was appropriate for that. I actually think that's great. I love that one. I love, uh, you know, there's a million of them. Sweet Caroline would have been good, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that one, that one, it's it, Brother Loves is kind of, it's kind of, it's strange. And it's got like all the elements of, it's got gospel in it. And uh, anyway, just thought it was appropriate. Very nice, Norm. Very nice. I love that. And uh, and you're right. Listen, and you know, I love hearing from everybody on the show. To me, that's what makes it fun and interesting. And you know, I always love your calls, Norm. Thank you. Yes, love you too, Rita. <laughs> you too, my friend. Have a great, great weekend. Um, let's go to Matt on line four. Matt, your thoughts about the whole thing with the border agents. What do you think? Hey, Rita, thank you for taking my call. It's in, actually the the biggest problem, I think, is the press is the most complicit in allowing this to happen. Nobody's making the press is not making anybody accountable. And if they were held accountable, 
they, they, we would see some uh, some change on this. Biden's been Biden has not had to be um, answered to what he said. Maxine Waters ha- hasn't had to answer what she said. Mayorkas hasn't had to answer for anything. Nobody's holding him accountable. The only the only people that hold him accountable are like the New York Post and your station. It's you know what you're right. You're, you're right. The press needs to. You heard what I said that like. The next time that there's some availability, which isn't often with uh, Biden or with Harris any, or Maxine Waters, any of these people who made these smears, the question should be, don't you owe them an apology? You know, um, and if they say, well, the picture looked not well, the photographer came right out and said it didn't happen on day one. So why were you dragging it on? Why were you using this for some political gain and smearing good people, hardworking law enforcement. I mean, to me, it's like it's like the world is turned upside down. And the media, just like you said, they need to hold these people accountable. They need to say something and not just give them a free pass and move on now, you know? Correct. Nobody has to answer any questions about it. Nobody's held accountable. If I did, if I, if I did something like this in my job, I would have to be held accountable. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is it is just it's outrageous and it is so so crazy what we're seeing um and that the media just like you said it's like they're sort of like part and parcel, you know, and and Absolutely. not giving and they and when they ask a question they look like, you know, well why are you asking that question? You know, like like uh like you're in Mars or something like that. Like that seems to be the response. Um it's well, it's the, just this the question rarely gets asked. That's that's the problem. No, you are absolutely right, Matt. And they shouldn't get the free pass that they have gotten because it's a disservice to the American public. And uh, it just shows where the press is, uh, where where their mindset is. But you're sitting there looking at this administration. And I also wonder, like, who gave Joe Biden those notes? Because do you think Joe Biden actually made those sort of smears against the Border Patrol agent on his own? I mean, I feel like somebody's clearly passing him notes and messages and all these other things uh, is there anybody out there who actually thinks that you know this was an original thought from joe biden like clearly somebody passed him a cue card you know <laughs> i agree you know you will call them racist you will do this you will do that i yeah. mean it's like if you look at everything he does everything seems to be on some sort of cue card i want to know who wrote that cue card was it kamala harris because that seems like uh, everything I, I out of their mouth is that of doing anything she's an idiot yeah, it is a mess. And speaking of uh, the mess at the border, meanwhile, we have her who hasn't done anything. She did a, a quick pop-in at the border, and Mayorkas has been just a disaster. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like they're not talking about how to fix the border, how to contain the border. Uh, and if somebody says, oh, the border's open, they go, oh, no, it's not. It is. It's like, no, the sky is purple. Don't worry about it. Trust me, it's not blue. It's purple. Uh, thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. Um, let's go to Larry um, on line eight. Go ahead, Larry. Your thoughts about this? Yeah, you know, Rita. You know, there's, there's an elephant in the room that nobody's addressing. Norm came close, but he missed it. You know, in any investigation like this, the first thing you look to is the victims. Now, here was an alleged whipping, like cowboys. Nobody was whipped. If they if they would have looked for victims, nobody would have said that they were whipped. That means it's a it's a two day investigation at most. So you do ten months. 
they were look they were they were burying it. Okay, they they wanted to find a way to make the issue go away, and the way they made the issue go away is to charge them with disparaging comments. Now, if there was ever a lawsuit, this is a lawsuit. Okay, because there were no victims, they could have they could have interviewed the victims and ascertained this within days or even hours. Right, right. You know that's a great point. And I also said you heard Larry that they should have also the photographer who took the picture, who was there, who's like you know an unbiased party. um, In addition to like you said, no victims. He said it didn't happen either. Like I don't know why you leapt to this, you know, this thought when you looked at my picture. Because I actually took the picture, and I can tell you what was happening at the time. I mean, that should have been over and done at that moment. And then you bring up a great point, going over, talking, and saying, were you whipped? Were you this? Were you that? Um, we haven't heard any of them come forward saying they were whipped, just like you said. You're right. It should have literally been, you know, a, a two-hour investigation, not even oh, a two-day. Yeah, but it hasn't. And they dragged it and dragged it and dragged it. And these guys have been on administrative leave, and they deserve an apology. Larry, great points. Everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we're playing a little Neil Diamond. We were trying to find Brother Love, but we got... America, which is also a good one. This is for you, Norm. And we always love you listening because you are a patriot. Here's my dedication to Norm. I love this song. We'll put it up a little bit. It's Friday night. Come on. That sounds like the Haitians crossing the border saying, we got to come to America. I don't blame them. America is the greatest country in the world. I don't blame anybody wanting to come here because it is the greatest place in the world. But we shouldn't be condemning the great Border Patrol agents who are trying to protect us and dealing with a very difficult situation. Now they've been cleared. So where's the apology from the Biden administration that said they were whipping the Haitians, which... Never, ever happened. Where's the apology? Let's see if this president has the guts to apologize and say he was wrong for smearing them. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania on line one. Dave, you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. You know, you're talking on your last call or a prior couple of callers about the complicity of the media. And, you know, the truth of the matter is we don't have a fourth estate with 80 percent of the news outlets. They're not really a free press there because they're owned and they got answer to corporate conglomerates and business interests. And part of that interest is working with uh, the relationships that the, their corporate owners have. And part of that is China and other interests, including the democratic party. And Dave, and by so- the way, Dave, you, you bring up a great point. How sad is that? That's a great point. Let me go to Michael real quick from Dallas. Who's going all the way from Dallas. Go ahead, Michael. Rita, I find it so ironic that the Biden administration goes after these three heroes on the border. Thousands of people come across illegally. Where do you ever see the accolades or the accommodations for the Border Patrol agents that save thousands of people daily through that river, from the coyotes, through the deserts? None. You never hear a thing about these these heroes. 
yet they'll do this to go after three of them for something they didn't do. I, I agree. Michael, thank you. I agree. We need to appreciate our law enforcement. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.